0: Welcome to another episode of 5 Minutes with Jim. It never ceases to amaze me that in less than 10 years, the automobile went from circus sideshow curiosity to necessity. Let's set the mood for this morning's motoring adventure with music from the boys of the Road Crew. Take a listen to our theme song, and then there are other great tunes at roadcrew66.com. Say hello to a new friend On an old road Take a two-lane trip of memories Into mysteries unknown Come along for the ride Jim Hinckley's America Jim Hinckley's America In 10 short years, the automobile went from Eccentric's project in a back alley workshop to multi-million dollar industry. How? Underlying the tsunami of interest that fueled the transformation of the automobile from novelty to daily transportation was the excitement, the allure of racing and motorsports. The post-war years were the dawning of a new era in racing that opened with the establishment of NASCAR, Bridging the infancy of American motorsports and the new era was Hudson Motor Company. Between 1951 and 1955, the now legendary Hudson Hornet dominated the circuit with more than 40 first-place finishes and the setting of new speed records, some of which remained unbeaten until the 1980s. It was to be the company's swan song, but it was also another chapter in an illustrious history that included a transcontinental record established in 1916 with introduction of the Super 6 and headline-grabbing performances at the Indianapolis 500. Established in 1909, Hudson was a relative newcomer to motorsports. On July 10, 1895, the Chicago Times-Herald announced that the paper would be sponsoring an automobile race with prizes totaling $5,000. The novelty of the horseless carriage was such that there was a disagreement about what they should be called, and so editors called it a motorcycle race. A primary obstacle for organizers was the lack of roads outside the city. The original course of the race was proposed to run from Chicago north to Milwaukee, but a quick evaluation determined that the roads could not be traversed by the horseless carriage. And so the route was set at 54 miles from Chicago to Evanston and back. The race was scheduled for November 2nd. It was postponed until Thanksgiving Day, November 28th, when a crowd turned out for the historic event, but only one car. 83 cars were initially entered into the race, but many of the entrants did not have their cars completed on time. Elwood Haynes' car, a favorite to win the race, was damaged en route and was unable to compete. Both Haynes and the driver of a Benz car were stopped by police while driving their cars into the city. They were forced to requisition horses to pull the cars because, as the police informed them, they had no right to drive their vehicles on the city streets. The actual day of the race dawned cold and snowy, with roads transformed into a muddy morass. The first car to arrive at the starting line was a car by inventor Carl Benz, one of three made by that Pioneer automaker. The other four-wheeled car was Frank Duryea's motorized wagon. Two other vehicles that took part were motorized bicycles. One was an electric-powered car, and its battery died because of the cold weather before making just five miles. Shortly after starting the race, one Benz struck a horse and was forced to withdraw. The Duryea car finished first with a time of seven hours and 53 minutes of running time, 10 hours and 23 minutes total time. The bends entered by Oscar Mueller crossed the finish line an hour and a half later. None of the other vehicles finished. The race proved what many people thought. The automobile would never replace the horse and carriage. Even astute businessmen such as Montgomery Ward held this opinion. He was quoted as saying that the automobile was a fad that you should take the children to see before it passes. Not everyone agreed. NASCAR and the Indianapolis 500 and the racing prowess of Hudson are rooted in this embryonic race. The success of the American auto industry is also rooted in this historic event. Racing became the proving ground for the automobile in the years that followed. Okay, folks, I must bid adios for this week. Join us next week for another episode of Five Minutes with Jim, an adventure through time. To wrap this up, I need to give a shout-out to the Roadrunner Lodge in Tucumcari, New Mexico, a near-perfect blending of the past and present, a living time capsule where the traveler is assured a restful night's sleep after an adventuresome day on Route 66. Thank you for joining us this morning. Until we meet again... Adios, mi amigos. See you next week. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinkley's America. Jim Hinckley's America.